Hey guys, this is Joseph Ship. This is the Renaissance Life. Welcome to Renaissance Life, a podcast dedicated to mastery, creativity, and the pursuit of an extraordinary life, whatever that means to you. I'm your podcaster in crime, Josh Wagner. I hope you're doing fantastic today. It is officially 11 p.m. from where I'm coming from right now. Um, so I'm feeling a little bit loopy. Um, I'm definitely a grandpa, so this is getting into my uh, bedtime hours. I'm I'm feeling really I'm feeling really sleepy, sonis. I I I don't know if I can make it through this intro. I'm just gonna have to take a nap real quick. <laughs> So, like I said, I'm I'm feeling loopy. <laughs> so maybe I'll say something crazy. Just to give you a little updates of what's going on, the daily blog challenge is going strong. I'm up in the hundreds uh, of daily consecutive blogs, writing a blog each day. It's been challenging. It's been fun. It's been stupid. There's a lot of times where I'm writing like a crazy person at like uh, 11.30 p.m., trying to push out a blog, trying to squeeze my head through the idea, creativity, Play-Doh machine, and coming out with something, something good, something readable. Yeah, so, uh, but it's been fun writing those. If you haven't, if you, maybe you don't even know about it. I don't know if I mentioned it before on the podcast yet, but uh, if you haven't checked it out, go to renaissancelife.com. There you can see the current day and the current post, and I try to get those up as soon as possible, but typically I'll post it at night after work or after the, the double shift of work. Um, so that's kind of the update on the Renaissance. I have two asks for you before we get going on this episode that I would love for you to take part of. One, I don't remember. What was I going to say? Josh, darn it. Oh, right. Of course, something that you hear probably a thousand times if you're into podcasts. One, would you please leave a review on iTunes for the show? If you're listening for a little bit, or, if, or even if you're new, please go to iTunes. I'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, you can go to your podcast player of choice and go to, I, go to the podcast, go to iTunes, leave a review. Five stars would be nice, but you can leave whatever you want, say something about the show or say something about your day or what you're what you're trying to master anything really and go to go to iTunes and leave a review would be fantastic that's how people learn about the show and how I can expand this and basically you know have great conversations with great people and from from small to large and could keep this going uh, if you do leave a review on iTunes uh, here's a little, little incentive for you. Um, iTunes doesn't let you bribe people, but um, you could win the chance of winning a t-shirt if you leave a review and you hear your name on a podcast. So that is the little incentive, and that's the first ask. The second ask is if you want to support the Renaissance, go to renaissancelife.com, and there you can do two things. One, you can go to the book recommends and check out the books that I absolutely love and find very impactful in my life and I I imagine that it would impact impact your life too depending on what you are after those are affiliate links if you don't know what affiliate is the, uh, I get a small percentage 
a small, tiny, tiny little, tiny little splinter of a cut of that purchase if you buy through Amazon or my affiliate link. Um, there's also uh, another thing you can do is go to kit, which is in the navigation on my site, or you can go to kit.com slash life mastery, I believe. And there you can see more book recommends and other groups of things. I think I have a great uh, podcasting on the cheap, some gear that I've used in the past and gear that I use today on how to podcast. Uh, pretty just straightforward checklist stuff that you can get on Amazon. So if that's interesting to you, go to there. Um, also, if you want to take it a step further and really support the Renaissance, you can go to patreon.com slash life mastery. Now, this is this is new. I've talked about this in the last previous episodes, uh, the last three, I would say. And basically what I'm thinking, here's here's the pitch of the idea. I feel good at helping people, right? Especially one-on-one. If we meet face-to-face, I can probably give you 10, 20 ideas that can help you push you to become a better you. I feel good at helping people. I want to help people. I want to coach people. And also, I want to be someone that can listen to people. I want to listen to you. I want to listen to your problems. I want to listen to what you're going through. Because that going through the thing, whatever it is, could be health, could be financial problems, whatever problem you're facing, having somebody to listen to you makes a, a huge difference. This is coming from personal experience of having someone who has listened to me in my in a time of need or having times of times of of setbacks where I haven't had somebody to talk to and there's a huge difference in the mindset and in the uh the capability that you feel to create change and impact in your life um, now I'm going to step off my soapbox but so the the idea the pitch is to start another podcast called Life Mastery where I would have potentially niche episodes about particular particular fields, how to master that field. But also, and here's the cool idea, is to coach people in the Patreon, so people who are involved in the group, and coach them uh, in one-on-one or multiple one-on-one-to-many sessions on the podcast. So not only do listener, listeners get to experience that um we get to interact face to face virtually anyway um (laughs) and uh have good conversations and i get to listen to you and hopefully you know maybe even even help you through what you're going through so that's life mastery coaching you can go to patreon.com slash life mastery and check it out there's a few different tiers I'm feeling a little crazy, and I might have mentioned this. I don't remember what I said the last few episodes, but uh, patreon.com slash lifemastery. There, if you sign up for one of the regular tiers, uh, the first 30 people that sign up will get two free hours of two hours free of, of coaching from me. And, um, yeah, that's all i got to say about that. So on to the show. Today is a conversation with Joseph Ship. That's at joseph underscore is on instagram and twitter joseph spelling like it normally is j-o-s-e-p-h underscore i-s joseph is and was fantastic to talk to he's a great conversationalist 
and uh, he I would describe him as a multidisciplinary one of those multi hyphenated people like he's a he's a designer he's a he's a photographer um, he's an archivist he's a he's a musician um, he was all, all around like the perfect ideal person to chat on the Renaissance life so if you're interested in becoming a master of multiple things or if you're interested in becoming a, a master of one thing this is the episode for you we went into his design work at Offset and other companies that he's worked for like Widgets and Stone here in Chattanooga and uh, and IDEO and uh, Nike then we talked about music and photography and we talked about relationships we talked about a ton of things so Without further ado, I want to introduce you to Joseph Ship. I hope you enjoy. What was the last movie you saw? We just watched The Death of Stalin. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Documentary, I it imagine. It's, it's actually not. It's not? It's, 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 uh, it's, yeah, no, it's a theatrical. Okay, um, that's, my mind is starring exploding. Starring Steve uh, Buscemi. Really? As one of the stars. <laughs> um, it is hilarious. It, it reminds me of like a, it's very Monty Python. I've got to see this. This is this sounds awesome. Yeah, it's I, and but it's historically accurate apparently. Okay. And I, you know, I feel like as an American, we're we're kind of bad about history, especially Russian history. Well, is it but is it like based based on a true story or is it like? It's definitely the true yeah the true story of like so it's like right before Stalin dies and then when he dies and then all of his, um, you know, all of his close advisors fighting over who's going to become yeah infighting. Yeah, basically. basically, yeah, yeah. So and, and apparently it was pretty true. Um, we kind of went, you know, home later and Wikipedia'd it and <laughs> <laughs> discovered, wow, like this, this is actually oh, yeah. kind of happened, and it's just insane that it happened. But crazy, yeah. I'm gonna have to add that to my list for sure. Yeah. Um, Joseph, welcome to the show. Thank you for being yeah. here. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. Um, so say you're at a place that people don't know you. Right, so you're in an event or a party or something, and you get that silly, infamous question. So, what do you do? H- how do you go about answering that? Yeah. Um, so, I, I usually hate that question just because I hate small talk. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I hate that question because I'm bad at the question. Yeah. That's I what mean, I'm asking. Yeah. I mean, I think it's. I mean, c- yeah. I mean, obviously, like we're into different things, um, and it's hard to define. I think any person down to like one thing right um because we're just complex people i mean i think everyone's complex but um i I usually just throw out like hey i'm a graphic designer um that's the thing that pays my bills and so that's usually my canned response um if the conversation keeps going then i'll talk about like the stuff that i kind of do on the side but that's that's usually it so you start with graphic design graphic design okay cool cool yeah um why do you think why do you think you pull towards that is because you that's your job basically yeah i mean that's the thing that i've done consistently for the longest time of my life um and it's the thing that 
it's it's my career you know yeah I, mean, I think how long have you done it um it's been 13 years now wow yeah that's great yeah so i i graduated utc um in 2006 but um i officially kind of started my career in 2005 when i was a kind of still in school yeah i want to get to that where yeah. ha- like how you started your career but i also want to get it to and get into like uh why graphic design what what was the inspiration behind choosing that as your yeah as your job basically your career um so at least part of it <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's kind of like uh, there's not like a real compelling answer to that i feel like it's kind of lame but um i I grew up in a photography studio. My my dad was a professional photographer, like um, portraits and weddings and school photos and stuff. Um, my mom worked with him. My grandfather started the business. Yeah. Um, and so I was always there and my dad was always working and my mom was always working with him. And so I think growing up in that kind of environment where it's, um, it's definitely the creative professional profession, but it's sort of, in between like sort of business and like he's not like a fine artist right he wasn't going off doing like fine art photography it's commercial portraiture sure sure um so having grown up in that environment like i was fully expect like uh, i think um expected to take over the business um eventually yeah, I just didn't want anything to do with photography. It was just uncool to me. Um, <laughs> now it's completely different. But, um, I, so, I mean, I, I can see, I can kind of imagine why I was, I was definitely not in that experience. But seeing the the nitty gritty, like the ups and downs of that business, I'm sure played a big part of that. Yeah, I'm not choosing that, not wanting to do that, or maybe just being around it so much. Right. I mean, it, it just it just seemed uncool to me at the time. I just, cause my parents did it. Yeah. I mean, that's the only reason <laughs> really, <laughs> but, um, I, I just, I wanted to like just kind of be stubborn and do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got really into like music and painting like, um, when I was in high school, um, and discovered, you know, oil painting and I had a bit of like kind of when I was real young, I used to like draw a lot. Um, like I don't, think I learned anything in fifth grade English. All I did was, <laughs> was draw comic book <laughs> characters. And, um, so I've always kind of had that creative knack, but, um, or inclination, I should say. Um, so I, I knew like, like I had to do like this stupid book report and I think, I think it was like junior year of high school or maybe it was senior year, but it was like, pick the career you're going to like have, you know, kind of thing and do a book One report, those, go to the yeah. library and find like the book on your future career. Go. Right. And so I went to the library and I was like, well, what the hell am I going to do? I mean, you're like 17, 18 with like no clue about anything in the world, you know, Um, don't even know yourself. And so I found this book on graphic design. I was like, oh, that sounds like interesting. I had no idea what it was. I don't think I knew what graphic design was until like maybe junior year of college uh, where I had some (laughs) sort of idea like what that actually was. And then so I went got the book, did the book report. And it was like, I think the book was written in like the fifties. So it was like pre computers. Like everyone was like drafting logos and, you know, with like India ink. And I still had no idea what it was. Um, but anyways, I went to, you know, I was like, let's go to UTC and, and study graphic design. So I did that. Um, 
and that's just kind of what I stuck with. And so, wh- where where did you grow up? I grew up in a rural part of Middle Tennessee called Centerville. 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 Yeah, Centerville, <laughs> as they say. Um, but yeah, it's 50 miles southwest of Nashville. Okay. So if you're like going towards Memphis, it's like kind of off the interstate there. I think those uh, those kind of exercises are crazy to me. Like you have to choose your your entire life's career when you're like a b- when you have no idea when you're a baby, basically. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. I um I I don't know if there's a better way of doing it, but I just feel like school at that age should be just an exploration of things. Like you just I don't know if you ever had a, a PE course where you dabble in like eight or ten different types of uh, sports, For but sure, yeah. that that should apply to like creativity and other other fields. I think no, totally. You know, where yeah. you just try this, try this, try this, try this. Oh, this is awesome! I'm going to do this. Yeah, I 100% agree with that statement. Yeah. So why why did you go to UTC? I'm just curious. Um, another really not very profound answer, but I just like Chattanooga. Um, okay. It's the only school I applied for. Or applied applied to you? Really? Yeah, I don't know. I just so you had visited lazy, Chattanooga so before. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. Um. So I'd visited. Um. I had some friends who'd um come here. They graduated a year before me, and they were like, I played soccer with them. And oh, cool. So I knew some people. Um. I had a couple other people that I was graduating with. Um. That I knew were coming here. So I think that was that was a major factor. Um, you know, I had a visit with the the head of the art department at the time, and um, I was just, to me, it was like, Chattanooga was like a huge city to me, mm-hmm. you know, coming from like a really small town, um, and I just, I was kind of, you know, uh, I love I love nature and the outdoors, and, you know, it's always been Great that kind of beautiful yeah. place to do stuff like that, yeah. yeah. Um, what lessons did you learn in college, would you, would you say? Um, in your art department, because I, I went yeah. to actually went to uh, computer science. Okay. So I actually didn't experience that side. I kind of wish that I did. Right. Looking back, because it seems a bit more robust hmm. uh, in terms of areas that you explore. But yeah, I mean, I I think just the world of conceptual fine art. Um, yeah. Because you know, I think the coming like I was a public school kid um, in a rural part of Tennessee. And there was zero funding for arts programs. Um, so my art school teacher's favorite artist was, um, I think, Thomas Kincaid, if that tells <laughs> you anything. Miss um, <laughs> Bradley, I love you, but <laughs> come on. Uh, so that was sort of like where I was at when I was coming into mm-hmm. the art department at UTC. Sure. Um, and so, you know, I think just learning how to I think appreciate all kinds of different art. Um, Was there any teacher that you really latched onto that made an impact? Yeah, a few actually. Um, The first one was actually um, Professor Alan White, who um, he's retired now, but he was um, a painting and drawing professor, and but he taught a foundational class, um, 2D design study. Um, So it was literally like kind of that book I read about 1950s graphic design, like penciling and stuff with rulers and measuring and Indian ink and stuff like that. And just studies on form, things like that. So, um, 
he was um, just really cool. And like, Al was a terrible student freshman year. <laughs> why, uh, why do you say that? It was the first wait, first time uh, away from home. And, you know, I think, you know, just probably a little too, a little too much fun and um, not really intellectually matured yet. So <laughs> I was more interested in, in, in girls and partying. So naturally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he was the first, you know, so I was doing terrible in like all my, all my classes, to be honest. Um, and, you know, this was like my major. So Alan, Mr. Alan White kind of saw, I guess, something in me and he definitely cut me some slack um, and kind of vouched me, vouched for me a few times on like lessons that I maybe I didn't complete. So <laughs> I think just, just having that as like um, some mercy was, was really mercy, good. Okay. Yeah. And vouch, vouching. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so any um any particular insights that you gained from Alan that you can recall? Uh, it's been a long time ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I can't, I can't recall any like anything specific, but um I think it was just sort of the craft of um of of what you do and like this sort of he had this very zen sort of way of um even his paintings were just very you know it was like a he was kind of a landscape architect painting or painter so like this beautiful sort of scene of like a a cottage like on a hillside but it was just like very modern and kind of flat and um i don't know like graphic and i think just just kind of as as like uh, you know, a, a young 18 year old, I think it was just, I was just soaking in all that stuff. And so I, I don't remember like one specific lesson from him, but just the whole experience was like, oh, wow, you can do that, you know? And then like, right. I look at this other thing over here and I'm like, oh, you can do that too. It's like the, the, the doors just kind of blew open on everything. Right. So the possibility of what you can do is yeah. like, unimagin- like in- incredible. That's, that's great. Yeah. Uh, th- going back to your parents real quick. Um, any lessons that you've learned growing up from your mom or dad? Hmm. Do you have any siblings, by the way? No, I'm the only child. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think, yeah, definitely. I mean, my parents are awesome. Um, they, I mean, first of all, they work together. They mm-hmm. own a small business together. Um, I just learned about kind of what, you know, they were the role model for relationships in my life, um, which has you know I'm I'm now married so I think that's Mm -hmm. become extremely valuable for me now um having that as a model for myself that dynamic of years working with your spouse is interesting to me because I'm I'm just curious of the balance like when does the work stop versus when does the life happen or is there a is there well I think yeah I mean I think that's the second lesson probably is just life balance yeah and learning how and when to turn that off um I think especially as like someone, even if you're not working with your significant other, I think owning your own business, um, you've got to, you've, I feel like it, it's, it's necessary, at least personally for me, um, to kind of create those like boundaries in your life. Um, yeah, I'm between work and life or, you know, no, I, yeah, I completely agree. Life, I'm, <laughs> I'm bad. I'm bad about that. I really want to get into it, yeah. the balance because, um, my issue, and you you uh, label yourself as a multidisciplinary, mm-hmm. right? So my issue is 
how do you focus on the three, five things that you love, but still have balancing, you're, you're still balancing that time that you're spending um, in a meaningful way where you're not just spinning plates and yeah. <laughs> things are crashing. I feel like it's a constant practice. I mean, yeah. I mean, how would you answer that? Like for yourself? Um, I, I that's 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 why I'm asking because okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I uh, I think I spend way too much time currently. I want to fix this of working. Uh, there's a lot of time working. A lot of time working on my own stuff too. So I'm working on the blog and this podcast. So I don't see that as work per se, but right. uh, I would say that my girlfriend sees it as work. Um, it's taking time away from her. That you, she exactly. With you. So I'm right. uh, trying to find a good balance between work life, work life pursuits, and of course, family, friends, and relationships. Yeah. Um, I think I learned early on to just be kind of rigid about... Um, about my boundaries in life, like my personal boundaries. Um, I, I don't think design is one of those passions in my life that I, like, I love, and I think that's the thing that's kept me with it for so long. Really? Yeah, okay. and so I've, it's an important thing that I've, I've, I've learned about myself. It's like the more I love something, the more like, I kind of put things in boxes for better or worse in my life, and you know, like work is one of those boxes that it's like okay that i'm gonna leave that over here okay. and you know everything else kind of like can 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 live outside of that um so you don't find yourself designing off hours no per se yeah okay cool my dad was like this too um like we would go on vacation and he wouldn't bring a camera you know yeah um he left it at the studio and yeah. um and I remember asking him once, I was like, you know, dad, do you love photography? And I was young. I don't remember how young I was, but I just remember his answer. He was just like, actually, no, I don't love it, but it's something that I'm good at. And it's what provides, you know, this life that we have. And, um, he, you know, his answer was more like, I love, I love the people that I meet and like I can work with, um, and the, the community members that he's like able to, to kind of get to know throughout the years and stuff like that. So I just thought it was like, didn't quite understand that answer at the time, mm -hmm. but um, I understand how, how much of an impact it was on, on my way of thinking now too, because I think if I, I think if I did love design and it's not that I, it's, it's more like a marriage kind of love yeah. where it's like, yeah, it's, totally it's a long-term yeah. commitment. And so I've fallen in and out of love with design throughout the years. And then like, you have to find ways to sort of reinvent what that means in your life. Because, you know, I've, I've gone through so many like burnouts in my career of like, oh, I'm so tired of this, like, let's do something else. And then I'm like, you know, I kind of had this moment of like, well, shit, this is the only thing I really know how to do well. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it makes, it, it's provided a really good living for me. And it's, you know, so, you know, I'm kind of in, I go through these like periods of like ups and downs and like birth and rebirth. And I'm kind of like in this new phase of my career where I'm like learning these new things and it's a new challenge. And, um, and so 
I have to keep that separate from the other things like like my relationships or or my hobbies quote unquote um because those things is like I don't I can do those out of pure passion and not feel like I have to like make a career out of this yeah or make money like yeah. it, it doesn't have to be my livelihood and that's and that's one of the big problems that I see out there today is like you hear the the phrase a lot like follow your passion follow your passion follow your passion yeah. and then your passion eventually turn becomes into work so you would you say you're the mindset of um not necessarily making your passion your job i, I do yeah um yes and no because i mean i i mean you gotta like <laughs> something otherwise you can be just be miserable for sure right? no i definitely like design yeah <laughs> <laughs> Man, I spend too design. long behind a computer <laughs> not to like it, but um, I like solving problems. I, I like that it's not like I'm constantly learning new things depending on the client I'm working with. Um, there's many things I love about it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But um, it's it's not one of these things where it's like it's not a lifestyle for me. It's like I don't sure I don't seek out like other designers and like hang out with them. You know, I seek out musicians to hang out with, or I seek out you know people that are into whatever else I'm into, you know, but like I kind of, um, I, I got, I got sick of that whole thing. Like early on, it was like my first burnout was like just kind of realizing that like, I, I'm, I don't want to just define myself as this one thing, Yeah, you know, um, cause I'm so much more than that. I think we all are so much more than that. And that's cool. It's just like not the thing that I'm into all the time. You know, it's the thing that I do for work and I can, I can leave it at work and I'm ha totally happy with that. And it's, it's sort of like this, I feel like it's a very Eastern sort of like philosophy of, of just enduring um, sort of life and, and, and like just being okay with like the monotony and like the struggle of, of it's very stoic, working. Yeah. Uh, stoic philosophy. Kind too. of, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. No, I think that's good. Um, my thing with uh, multiple disciplines is I don't really care what the the actual thing I'm doing is, whether it's design, programming, uh, music, photography, I, it's what I really love is the creativity and the like the learning process behind that. So like I know if I wanted to do um, X, I could go out and learn X. Totally. You know, I don't. You feel the same? I, I totally. Yeah, yeah, I think you put that really well. Um, and that doesn't mean that I don't love design or love music or writing. It's just that's not my one thing. I I don't even know if one thing even applies to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think um, we're probably alike in this like in this um, aspect of just we. I think constantly try like um, pushing ourselves to 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 learn new things and and it's for me it hasn't been like um, a very conscious decision in my life it's just like oh no I'm not learning anything now let's go do this just so we can learn something it's just yeah I kind of just have that in me um, just I, I've, at times I feel like it's a curse where it's uh, you know <laughs> I get really into something for a year or two and then like I move on and do something get really into something else for a while yeah, sometimes I envy people that are just doing one thing. I, I, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't happen often, but just sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, that must be really nice just to be able to do programming, and that's it. That's your thing. People um, like that fascinate me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just they've. I think you know, 
we probably all know or have heard about someone who like discovers their calling in life early on and like that's all they want to do yeah and like you know they their entire life has been built around that one thing and i'm like good for you but that's not me (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm the same way yeah uh how do you prevent uh yourself from chasing rabbits though like it's easy for me to just oh, that's cool, I want to do that, and then immediately fall off and try something else and try something else and then not really make progress in things that I enjoy. Hmm. Um, again, a, it goes back a really to that question. multidisciplinary life. For sure, yeah. Um, so I almost quit my job. I had a really good job at this like startup Um or it was like not even a startup. It was like you know in-house tech company in San Francisco. And what was the name of it? Atlassian. Mm-hmm. Um, cool company. Yeah, yeah. Um, do good work, and I was like making good money, and like you know had a really good life. And I was like, one day I was like, I think I was home for Christmas holiday or something, and I just had this like kind of epiphany that I was like, I should. I should learn how to make fiddles and random, random, right? random. But, uh, <laughs> cool, but random, but I just had this like really strong inclination to like quit whatever I was doing in my life and just like go to fiddle making school. And, and I sat on that for a while instead of just like impulsively doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, okay, w- let's really think about this. You know, talk to my, I don't even know if we were married at the time, my girlfriend at the time, and now wife. But I was like, this is something I really want to do. I was like, I don't know where it's coming from, but I feel like I have to to pursue this somehow. And I was like, I'm the kind of person that will like just go all in. Like if I'm really feeling like my intuition is telling me to do this, like I'm going to usually follow that thing. But this was like a career move sort of like decision that I'm like, well... Because you probably have to move away from San San Fran too. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't know how many fiddle shops there are in. There's a few, but not not like fiddles making schools. Yeah, like I'd have to like like there's one in Salt Lake City that we actually actually went and visited, and so I guess to answer this question is like, I just kind of considered what that might look like. I was like, okay, what if I actually did that, and what kind of life would I have? And it's impossible to know, but like, I've kind of gotten used to like a certain kind of lifestyle. Um, and I hate to sound like this, but like it, like money is a factor in that, you know? Yeah. And I know some professional like violin makers and they're not making a lot of money. <laughs> um, but what I did was like, I reached out to some of those friends. And I was like, Hey, can I help? Like, just kind of just like shadow you one day. Like, and so I went down to LA and helped my buddy make some some fiddles one day and I kind of scratched that itch and I'm still really like it, it's it's one of those like I don't have to do it right now in my life I don't have to make this like completely bold move to to pursue this or tra- chase these these rabbits um I can do it in a way where I can still scratch that itch but um do it in a more maybe like um responsible way compatible yeah to your the lifestyle that you want right. right yeah cool so how was that experience going to going down to la and shadowing your friend it was amazing yeah i mean i was and i was still in the mindset at the time that i'm gonna do like i'm gonna become a, f- a 
professional yeah. violin maker. Yeah. What do you think brought that on, that epiphany? Um, I think it was a desire just to kind of make something with my hands. Yeah. Um, you know, all the work I do is, is really just on the computer, like pushing pixels and stuff. And um, That's a great. If that's not a website, that should be a website. Yeah. Pushingpixels.com. Yeah. Um, I, I just think I needed to, to kind of work with my hands in some way, you know, and yeah. that, um, music has been, has become that for me now. Um, and I should preference, like, it wasn't just out of the blue, like, I'm going to start making fiddles. Like I was playing the fiddle. I was like learning how to make the, f- or play the fiddle at the time. Um, gotcha. my, my wife and I got into like, like roots music, like acoustic roots music, like bluegrass and old time pretty heavily yeah listen to your songs on your site uh family uh what is it family ship family ship.com yeah it's it's good <laughs> stuff Thanks, yeah man. it's great bluegrass thank you folk bluegrass i love it yeah um that's a that's a fun uh, family activity too not to side tangent us but yeah no cool. totally and I, I think it was like it, we met so many amazing people doing that because um, it's one of these it's, it's the type of music that um, since it is like a traditional art form, um, there's a shared repertoire. So I could literally go to Japan right now and bring my fiddle and find a jam, and we all know the same tunes. Right. And that's <laughs> such a cool feeling. Yeah. And yeah, totally. And you know, we just really fell in love with um, just that kind of that that slowed down sort of way of life and like we didn't have to like plug anything in and we could just hang out and 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 have fun and go on campouts and go to festivals and and just you know really i think unplug and i think we were my wife is a graphic designer as well oh so um we kind of both got into it at the same time um and it was a way for us to yeah i don't know just kind of slow down but so yeah the fiddle making didn't come out of like the blue somewhere but um but it was definitely in parallel of this kind of need to to sort of unplug and and feel like i'm sweating over something you know yeah i've never really thought about it um but now that you're i mean we're talking about it um so i, I play guitar um and i've always i've had that urge to like man i'd really love to learn how to build one of these i wonder if it's just a piece of learning a different craft of like really getting to know the ins and outs of this medium you know same with fiddle like oh man i've been playing playing for a while i really love to to know how these are made you know to really craft my my own and of course that that urge of always wanting to work with your hands i feel that sometimes too yeah there's something romantic about the idea as well very romantic Um, (laughs) you know (laughs) i'm I'm definitely like a romantic so Uh um I would assume you are too. Uh, yeah, is yeah, that yeah, a fair yeah. assumption? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's just, I don't know, I had this idea of like my old man self like in a cabin somewhere just like whittling away on like a fiddle. Yes. And like that's just, you know, yes. that's what it <laughs> is. <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Uh, speaking of old men, uh, tell me about your grandfather. Okay. Um, which one? So <laughs> the one that started the photography show. Okay. Or, uh, or yeah. both if you if you want to talk about both sure um so i only i didn't i only knew my m- my maternal grandfather my my paternal who started the photography studio died before i was born i um, see so yeah i never knew him but um he i uh, you know i know a lot more about him now sure. um but you I did a archiving 
um, project, yes. I would say. Yeah. If you want to go into that. Yeah, sure. Um, so I've been, um, while I was at Atlassian, um, kind of around the same time that I had the idea of um, <laughs> learning how to make fiddles, uh, I think I got the idea to um, archive my grandfather's photography work um, and and in the goal of, of designing and publishing a book um, like a photography book um, it was kind of a way for at the time I was like listening to a lot of like um, like field recordings like kind of Alan Lomax and um, these you know John Cohen sort of like going to someone's house in Appalachia and, and recording them and moving on, just finding all these old banjo fiddle players. And, <laughs> I, you know, it was just like this is such a cool idea to me. And um, I was like, man, I want to do that. And and then it, it occurred to me, um, actually, the story is kind of funny. Like when I was at Atlassian, we were, um, I was art directing a, a, a photo shoot one day and um, the photography were hired hired I was just like chatting with him like during like one of the the breaks between <coughs> shoots and um I we, we got to talking about like you know my dad and my grandfather in the photography for photography business and I kind of made this comment I was like yeah you know I should be doing this right now <laughs> or I was supposed to be doing this and and so um anyway like fast forward like two weeks later I get I get um this book in the mail when I was at work um from the photographer that we hired and he it, it was um a book of um is a photography book from from a guy called mike disfarmer and, and mike disfarmer disfarmer okay and he was active in like the 20s through like i think the f- 40s i could right, be wrong on that, that those dates but it's like you know like world war one like kind of like pre-prohibition or sorry okay. like pre-great depression through like the war and um, he was like a small town photographer who was kind of like this hermit. Um, but anyways, like he, he, he like gave me this book. Like he bought this book for me. It was like this really nice book. And I was like flipping through it. And it, it was kind of a moving thing. I mean, just, I mean, I barely knew the guy, like the photographer and like to get this gift from him. That's really cool. It was really yeah. cool. And um, he was like, you know, I think you might like this. And. I was like looking through it and then like it hit me just like a lightning bolt. Like I was flipping through this book and I was like, this is what I have to do for my, uh, for my grandfather's work. Um, Cause these negatives were actually I had no idea if, if there was even any photos left of his stuff. Cause um, my dad actually passed away in uh, 2003, four. Um, oh, I'm sorry to hear and that. So, thanks. And so we kind of sold the b- family business off and everything like that. But um. So I had no idea if like there was even photos left of that stuff. But um and my grandfather passed away in seventy eight. So um I I called my mom and I was like, Mom, do we still have my grandfather's photos? And she was like, Yeah. And I was like, Okay, I'm coming to get them. And so I, I like booked a flight back to Nashville and like went home and like looked at them and I was like flipping through all these photos I mean they're just like boxes and boxes of like all these old negatives and I was like oh my god this is like amazing like it's like a gold mine and it it was like all of a sudden kind of like all these things in my life started to collapse upon themselves and like all these dots started connecting and like the reason for me becoming a graphic designer the reason that I didn't become a photographer 
I'm like, I have the skills now to like kind of take what, you know, the men before me did in my life and, and, and get, get it out there, you know, like for, for not really like, um, I really had no goal in mind. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to like make them famous or whatever. What you know, just yeah. I just I had to do this. Like I was like I really think that there's some good stuff here and I you know, I it, it was a way for me to connect with these men that are, aren't in my life anymore that I can kind of live help live on in some way. And so I <laughs> I pursued that project. Um I love I, that. That's I, it's fantastic. I quit my job at Atlassian. Um my good friend Byron um, has this graphic design studio in San Francisco, and he was also pursuing a uh, his own sort of side personal project. Um, his his grandparents started the French Laundry in Napa, um, then sold it to, to Thomas Keller. Um, now it's like wow. a really famous restaurant, right? But they kind of started that, and so he's he's been going through this project with like doing a book about his grandparents, and his grandmother has been writing all these, you know recipes and telling that story which had never been told before and and so we both kind of had this epiphany and he was like he was like do you want to come work with me he's like like just part-time like you can we'll call it like a design and residence program and he's like you know you'll you'll work on client stuff with me part-time and then you can pursue your photography book the rest of the time and I was like hell yes (laughs) I was like let's do this and didn't there was like no discussion of like money I was like you know I was I was making good money at Alaskan and like, I just, I didn't, I was like, I don't care. I have to do this. Like, mm-hmm. so I quit and went to work for him and spent the next like year and a half to two years, like just slaving away negative by negative, trying to like slowly digitize these things. Um, it sounded like there was like no fear there when that decision, like, okay, I'm going yep. to quit. This is what I have to do. I I imagine there's a lot of people out there that would be hesitant to to jump onto that, you know. Obviously, you had this this part-time job, but that's that's a big, bold move, I'd say. It was, but it made a lot of sense to me. I mean, more so than, like, going to photo-making school, right? Right. To me, that was was the bold move, Um, and one that uh, I didn't pursue, and I think I'm glad I didn't pursue that. Um, And so it's like, uh, you know, going back to your, your, your question about, like, choosing like not chasing rabbits kind of thing it's yeah. like um not every idea you have to like fully jump into like um you can you can kind of dip your foot in and maybe that will satisfy it mm-hmm. um but i don't know who, who knows maybe i missed out on my calling for being a fiddle maker but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, master fiddle master fiddle maker. yeah <laughs> but um yeah and it, it just made so much sense to me at the time and i was kind of already like getting bored with what I was doing at Atlassian and, and, you know, lots of changes were happening internally there that, uh, you know, I was just like, I'm just like, I'm ready to do something else now. Yeah. And the idea of, um, not just the photography book, but on the design side, I think, you know, he was doing some really amazing work still is. Um, and the idea of like having this, like this, this person who's like a peer of mine, not a boss, not like a creative director. It's like a, you know, a, a, one of my best friends who's also like kind of a collaborator and like this peer that we can collaborate on these projects together. Like that was really cool. And so I kind of, I feel like I went through this other rebirth of like design where I got really back into 
the craft of like storytelling and, and um, you know, more high end sort of like quote unquote like concept design and stuff yeah. like that. So I love those kind of relationships. It reminds me of Jason Fried and DHH from uh, Basecamp. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's been really good, you know, and I think um, I'm still working with him. Like, oh, uh, cool. We moved to Nashville. My wife and I moved to Nashville. Um, uh, we were living in the Bay Area for seven years and then decided to, to move. We needed to change. So um, we're in Nashville, and so I work out of the house with him. So I just commute, kind of like telecommute. Very cool. Um, yeah. That was a. Uh that was a huge, like, life-changing decision. Were there were there any other decisions that you made along the way that have made you into who you are today? It's a big. It's a big question. Yeah. Wow. That was a big question. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at this. Um, <laughs> Thank you. That's <laughs> so why you have a podcast, and I don't. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Just need some mics. Yeah. And a, a Zoom H6. <laughs> <laughs> um, any. Repeat the question again. Sorry. Yeah, were there any uh, b- uh, any decisions that you've made along the way that have made you into who you are today? Be that successes or failures. Yeah. Um, there's so many things. I I, I think um, I'll start with the the kind of the most since we've been talking about like the career stuff. Um, when I was at UTC studying design, um, I met some fellow students who were a year ahead of me, and they were um, their advanced typography class. They decided to start an independent magazine, and so student-led. All the you know, all the content was written by them, created by them, and I was like, "That's the coolest thing ever," you know. Yeah. And um, it was still like, I mean, this was two thousand four or five when print was still like big and going, yeah. you know, before the iPad destroyed it all. <laughs> but um, I got to know one of the publishers and creators of that, and she invited me to be a collaborator, and eventually I became a co-publisher with her on that magazine. And after we graduated, the magazine continued. She moved to Chicago and kept doing it, and the magazine just kept bigger and bigger and bigger. And we got invited to, to go to this international independent magazine symposium in luxembourg oh wow that's great yeah and so her and i went um shout out to liz tap if you're listening um we went to luxembourg and that was a decision that i mean like connecting like looking back on my life and connecting the dots like that was like such a big choice that i made and then we met um the two founders of Good Magazine. And so Good Magazine was just kind of blowing up at the time, you know, 2005-ish. Or no, this is like 2007 maybe, 2008. Um, Good was like the darling of everything, right? And and so we met the founders. Um, Casey Caplow was one of them. And we just kind of hit it off. Like it was a small like little thing, you know, like people from all over Europe and like Mexico and, you know, all over the world was at this thing. And it was like just really fun and cool. And here, Les and I were just, it was like our little, you know, derpy, you know, <laughs> southern magazine. But um, but it wasn't just that. I mean, you you got to go to this experience, so. For sure, yeah. You know. It was just like the coolest thing ever. I mean, like, yeah. we really just dorked out on, like, our love of magazines. And, yeah. Um, you know, it was just really fun. But 
anyway, so I, I you know, after that trip, I came back to Chattanooga, and um, I just decided, <laughs> so my, the, where I was working at Widgets and Stone, um, it's, a, it's a local design studio here, and um, at the time, I haven't met anyone there yet. I love their office. Uh, it's their office it's is awesome. It's cool. Yeah. So was that your first, just to, to yeah. side tangent, the first kind of job yeah, that was during first college? Yeah. Yeah, cool. So I, had an, I got an internship there, um, kind of like senior year. Cool. Or junior year. And then I think I actually had a full-time job before I graduated school with him. And then um, I, I was his, that was Paul's first time hire. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Which was like cool, you know, and, and it was like the, at the time, I mean, now I feel like there's 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 lots of um, studios and agencies, design agencies here in Chattanooga. But at the time, it was like really the the only like branding studio that I wanted to do like branding and identity stuff and strategy. And it was the only one in town that like to me was doing anything worth a damn. And and you know, f- like you look around town and like like anything that was like remotely good, like they did. You know, like Clumpy's Ice Cream, Need Loves, like yep. you know, Easy Bistro, all these like like cool cool places like I was like I want to work for him and so um so Paul was really good and so at the time so going back to like after I came back from Luxembourg I met Casey Kaplow good magazine and then um Paul was the president of AIGA at the time and we were trying to get more speakers to come and so I just like randomly like emailed Casey Kaplow I was like hey do you want to come to Chattanooga and like speak and that led to like meeting John Bielenberg of like Project M and then like led me to like go to California who then like led me to you know meet my now wife and I wow. know, just like all these like big kind of moves like it's, it's so funny how like one small uh design project on a magazine becomes this huge like spider web of like influence it's fan- that's, yeah, that's it's been the last incredible. 10 years of my life yeah for sure yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah so very cool um so you mentioned uh, a couple of so you you've partnered with um uh blanking on our name uh the magazine Liz Tap Liz Tap so you 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 somehow partnered with Liz Tap and you partnered with your friend in SF while you're working on your grandfather's uh, book uh that's two partnerships that you created um what do you think it, it was about that di- dynamic that you you were able to create that kind of relationship with those people. I think it was just like we hit it off, you know, we yeah. were just kind of buddies. I guess um, I'm trying to like de- deconstruct that. Yeah, 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 I think that's good to do. Um, I'll try to help with that. <laughs> 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 I think um, what it was, I think, I think to really distill it down, it's a mutual respect for each other. Um, I think my relationship with with Liz um you know she was like I was like really into what she was doing I thought like all her design work was awesome I really respected her and I think that was that was definitely like mutual you know she she respected what I was doing and um we've become very good friends and now the same with um with Byron I mean like you know we started out as just um, colleagues, but um, more, more just friends than anything. And um, he, you know, he he's been, he's he's a he's a great um, fan of of my work. Um, and likewise, I, I couldn't be doing what he's doing. I mean, I, I, 
I, I couldn't like completely just go and start like a studio and like do what he's doing. Like I kind of, we kind of had this need for each other, you know? Yeah. Um, that's well, a good dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And like Liz, I mean like Liz with the help of like a couple other people like started this magazine. I, I feel like I'm not the kind of person that will just do that for whatever reason. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, so, but I, I'm drawn to people like that and, I think I really respect people like that that can do it and I want to be a part of that. So very cool. Um so on your site uh you mention you it says uh the first thing you see is uh, a multidisciplinary designer, creative director, photographer and accidental archivist based in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> It's a great line. <laughs> Good copy. Um I'm curious about your learning process. <laughs> like what do you do when you go from what do you how, how do you go from beginner to expert? Yeah, that's a great question. In the pursuits that you're, yeah, that you love. Sure. Um, I think there's there's I mean especially with the creative stuff. Um, you know, I, this comes up a lot in music. Um, you know, so I, I learned, I started learning how to play the fiddle like five years ago, um, which is not the easiest instrument to, to learn how to play. Yeah, there's no uh, notes. Yeah. At least on the neck. There's no frets. There's right? no so frets. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I had no, I don't know how to read music or anything like that. So it's all like this auditory sort of right. oral, tr- oral tradition. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, you must be like talented. And that gets thrown out a lot, I think, especially from people that don't consider themselves like creatives. I mm-hmm. mean, I think everyone's creative. Um, but I do too. You just have to tap into that. Totally, yeah. Um, to me, I'm like, yeah, there's got to be some sort of like baseline, I think, quote unquote, talent there. But like, I think it really comes down to just like just putting the hours in and doing the work for me i mean whether that's like design or photography it just comes down to experience i I think and and you know like definitely like you can't the fiddle is one of those things you can't fake right you've got to woodshed yeah and you've got to like sound terrible for (laughs) the first three to four years you know and like I mean, I probably, I don't sound great right now, but like it's, I'm better than I was right when I began. And, but it was a lot of just sacrificing my nights and weekends to just stay in and play the fiddle, you know? And that's just, I just had this need and this like desire to do that. And I um, feel like a lot of people get stuck on that though. The, um, oh, I'm terrible at this and I'm going to stop. Right. Right. What would you say to motivate people to like continue going? Because that that's definitely a barrier for people. I think that who struggle with learning things. Um, for sure. And I I think I have a like I never was good at like just te- like like standardized tests. Like I was terrible about. It. So I was like I have a learning disability. When I was like a kid, I mean I didn't. But like that was I'm just really slow at learning things. Um. Um. But I think that. Look, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm not. I don't want to give advice that like if it's not fitting, force it, because I, I think that like, like, s- just some things not people are, like you, you can't be good at everything. Um, and I think you can still try, 
Um, but like, I'm never going to be like a professional athlete. You know, at one time I wanted to be like a professional soccer player. And like, I just knew that like my body physically couldn't do that. Right. So, um, I think the only way to really know though is, is to put the time in and, and to treat it like, um, you know, smart practice, um, you know, very, very deliberate sort of practice. Um, and you're get, I, I think a lot, f- I think for, for me and a lot of people I see, like, they don't want to sacrifice, like, something in their life to get something else. I think that's, that's the, ca- that's been the case for me at least. It's like, you know, in order to become, like, a decent musician, I've had to sacrifice social life. <laughs> Yeah. But then, like, the payoff later on is, like, actually get more friends out of it. So, if that makes sense. No, totally. Or design. It's, like, you know, I had to, like, during school, and, like, I just became, like, a giant nerd. And, w- you know, everyone's, like, joking about, like, well, I'm not coming out to the bars with them or whatever. It's, like, well, I have this project due. And I knew if, I know if, like, I don't, if I go out with you, I'm going to be hungover and not going to get any work done. And so, that's a sacrifice I had to make, you know. But I'd say, you know, just try as much as you can and 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 but if it's if it's not working then you know ask yourself am i really trying the best i can is, is this something how much am, how much am i willing to to sacrifice to 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 get x you know yeah and to piggyback on what you mentioned earlier and and that's um what would my life look like if i pursue this yeah what does my life look like five years if i keep doing this you know you just hit on something i think visualization is a very strong strong um not motivator but um attractor i think it's a practice that like visualization can actually like attract those things in your life you know um uh, you know i've read a lot about like um professional athletes or musicians like if they if people that have to rely on like a single performance um they will in their head go through every single like little minute of that or moment of that before they actually do that performance. Yeah, have you read uh, Inner the Inner Game of Tennis? No. Okay. It goes into uh, it goes into that. It's it's a great book. Yeah. About the mental preparation of performing like you said that one act if whether it's the, like Olympics or or whatever. That's cool. Yeah. I think the thing is, you know, you can you can like kind of do the macro version of that and say like, what does that look, what is my, what would that be in the five years if I actually did that? And is that something that I'm, and it's always impossible to really <laughs> kind of really truly answer that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah. I no, <laughs> I think that's a great answer. Yeah. Um, so, so far, uh, a lot of the things that have happened have been like, uh, whether luck or um, skill or just uh, c- being connected to the right people, things have worked for you. Um, are, are there any moments in your life where you've like struggled or th- there's a lot? Yeah. Would you mind talking about one of them? Yeah, sure. Um, and um, how did you get through that? Yeah, sure. I, I think when I, um, so I was working at a, um, I was working at a, um, 
design consultancy in San Francisco. Um, and it was, I was working at IDEO. I don't know if you've heard of IDEO, but like. I've heard of IDEO. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I was lucky enough to get, to get in there. Um, skilled enough. Skilled enough, I guess. Yeah. But I, you know, at the time it was like, this is all I want to be doing. You know, like this is like my dream job. And it ended up being, I don't want to say a failure, but, you know, it, I ended up, like, getting asked to leave. You know? I see. And that was a very hard thing for me because um, and I, I spent the next six months trying to, like, figure out, like, is, like, am I good enough? You mm -hmm. know, like, it was a very, very low time for me personally and like in my career where I was like, I feel crushed after this, you know? Um, and so that was something that like didn't go as planned. Um, but it went exactly how it was supposed to. Um, I learned so much like about myself and like mainly what I don't want to be doing. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it's okay not, you know, it's okay not to be that, type of person who like does well at that type of job it's a very specific sort of like highly intense um highly you're in your head all the time um you know it's 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 like just they've they've made design into a science you know and i really discovered i was like that is not the way i work and that's not the way i think um but i really wanted that to be me um you know, design thinking was like the sexy thing, you know, it kind of still is, but, and this was like, <laughs> you know, the Stanford of design thinking. I mean, they basically created the thing. So um, I was like, if I can't, if I can't succeed here, then like, well, what am I going to do now? You know, and I think um, it was just like a, a big humbling experience. And um, what got you through that? A lot of self-reflection. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at the same time, I was like, um, discovering sort of like just kind of a lot of I was going through like a lot of personal growth um uh, I had been I mean just to kind of get deep man like I was like clinically depressed um and I was like on um antidepressants for a couple of years and halfway through my time at IDEO I was like I'm doing great like I'm on top of my career I've got like this super successful like relationship um all these things in my life like conditionally were like just just golden you know and so i was like i'm gonna get off these antidepressants cold turkey and that was hard um don't recommend that but <laughs> <laughs> um i i i it quickly just like the the kind of curtains like were open to all these things that i i you know those those pills were like masking in my life that i weren't dealing with and so i had to like quickly discover like new ways of dealing with these issues whether it was therapy or whatever I kind of went the alternative route and like went you know like sought out this um energy healer guy um really I mean, tell me about Sanf that when in San Francisco <laughs> <right? Yeah. laughs> I want to try uh, CBT uh therapy mm. uh what, what sorry what's that co uh, cognitive behavior therapy. oh yeah 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 yeah, okay. yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm curious about the the energy is 
tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, so it, it, it's it's very much not based in Western medicine. Sure. Um, it's very much based in like um, it's more like Jungian psychology, um, sort of like the kind of. I'm I'm gonna probably just like shred this, but it, it's <laughs> um, roughly based on like the the Jungian archetypes, um, like 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 kind of Reikian philosophy. I don't know if you're familiar with like not Reiki, not too much. Um, it's all about like just the kind of inner life force and and sort of like there's these kind of physical like the idea is like the um, based on like whatever kind of emotional or psychological archetype you are those things like will manifest in a physical way like it'll um, so you know the the guy I was working with he 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 said like you're a masochist right and I'm like what what is I mean, I know what that is, but like, what does that mean, right? And so he's like, "Well, you're 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 always like slunching over." And he's like, "You know, let me ask you this: like, when someone, when you feel like ashamed, or like when you're like, when like a boss or a colleague or something like puts you down, like, what's your default reaction, like body reaction?" And I'm like, "Well, I kind of like get low, and like I kind of slunch my shoulders and like lower my head." he's like, well, what your body is doing is protecting your heart. Like, it, it, you're kind of curling up in this way. And, like, you're becoming small. And, like, it's a physical reaction. And so the the remedy, like, and, you know, this is his philosophy. But and this is the practice I was going through. He's like, the remedy of that is do, to do just the opposite. So when you, when you screw up, like, in work or personal life, whatever, he's like, reward yourself. He's like, instead of beating yourself up, like, go, go, go get a massage, like something healthy, not like a, go get, you know, ice cream or something. Go get wasted. Like, <laughs> yeah, go get wasted. Like, you no, deserve no. a bottle of wine. No. Um, I actually really love that. Yeah. And so it, it starts training your, 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 yourself to, to kind of be okay with, with screwing up. And like, so I was like, you know, every time that I would like feel like I was a failure, I would punish myself mm-hmm. um and i wasn't aware of it you know Which so is like cyclical right it's very cyclical yeah. yeah um whether that was drinking too much or just like just not getting enough exercise or enough sleep or you know whatever it was like um and and that just makes it continues that cycle um and so he was like man he's like you need to like you need to just like it's all about self-maintenance he's like um, you know, at the, at the time, like, so after, after I left IDEO, like I was working, I was like just freelancing at home. So it was the first time in a long time that I was like working from home, trying to like get work and all this stuff. And it's really easy to do that and like not get up in the morning and shower and like change clothes. And he's like, he's like, it's really important, man, to just like take a shower. He's like clean, like shave, you know, put on clean clothes and like do all these like little life maintenance things like those are so important energetically and so i just kind of like i can get really into like some crazy like new agey stuff but i mean and it's a lot of pseudoscience but um it really really worked um for me at least and so and a lot of it for me was just like kind of rediscovering this like sort of magic in the world um that things are kind of amazing if you really know how to look at it um, and it, it takes sometimes maybe a radical shift in perception to like 
to see yourself as um, someone beautiful and someone amazing. Um, and I think it's it's easy. Um, I think in like the masculine, like sort of Western idea, not to like be in touch with your emotional side, and and just to kind of like repress a lot of those emotions. And so it, you know, I just really worked on that stuff. And I think um, meditation. You know, like I would have to like come home right from work when I was working at IDEO and like meditate for 15 minutes just to kind of like be like this is. It kind of created this this boundary for my, for like, cause I would bring home and uh, bring all that energy that I was getting like from, from work home. And like, it, you know, my girlfriend was feeling it and like everyone around me was feeling it. I was miserable. I was stressed out all the time. I wasn't like sleeping well, but as soon as I started like coming home and meditating or like, you know, whatever it was, like it, it just completely shifted that energy. So meditation is a great palate cleanser. Definitely. I would say, um, what, what type of meditation do you, do you do? Um, currently I'm not really practicing, Okay. but, um, we're doing, yeah, at the <laughs> time, um, I was kind of just focusing on the breath, you know, I would sit for first, it was just five minutes mm -hmm. and then 10 minutes and then 15 minutes. And then, um, I, uh, was just really trying to not go into this. Like I wasn't like repeating a mantra or anything like that. I was like really just trying to like clear my thoughts um you know if, if a thought would come up i would just not tr not try to attach to it um this visualization tool kind of helped of like just seeing seeing your thoughts as clouds like just passing through mm -hmm. and like don't like you can look at them you can observe them but don't don't try to like interact with them don't cling to them and that was a hard i mean it's a really hard thing to do but yeah it's a very uh it's um that's very headspace way of doing it i don't know if you've used that app um, it's it's no. cool. I know it's you're talking about. Yeah. That, yeah, it's it's that way, like focusing on the breath. Uh, if a thought comes, let it come, but don't try to interact with it. You yeah, know? it's like oh, I'm thinking. Oh, there's anger, or yeah. you know that kind of that kind of thing. That's that's cool. I think meditations. I mean, like, it, I like to talk a little bit more about that because, like, I think it, it was a really powerful tool. I think it it's still is um I'm, i think i'm still reaping those benefits even though like i'm not a daily practicer anymore but i mean i ended up getting really into meditation for a time and then um after i quit atlassian before i started with doing the photography archiving stuff I actually went on a 10-day meditation retreat oh you did yeah really and like it was um i'd like to try that it was it's not for everyone but yeah. i think if you're you already have like a practice and so i think i would definitely recommend it um it was um the 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 course that i did was and i hesitate on calling it a retreat because it was like more like boot camp um, <laughs> okay you're literally meditating for like 10 and a half hours a day that's intense it's intense yeah. you can't talk to anyone um silent retreat. silent meditation yeah. um for a full 10 days you're actually there for like like 11 days um but there's like orientation kind of before and sort of like a, a debrief time afterwards to kind of like reintegrate back into the world. Which Did is you easy. ever feel like you're going crazy during that 10 day period? You know what? It, it was the most amazing experience ever. Um, I, you know, I thought not talking was going to be really hard, but I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I can, I'm really good at just being silent. Maybe it's like, I grew up, you know, I'm the only same child. Way, yeah. So like I, I had a lot of time just like, 
and in the woods, like I would just go off in the woods by myself and not talk to anyone forever. But um, it was really cool. But you know, the, the the hardest thing was like the physical aspect of it. I mean, you're just sitting for that long in one position just like took like a big toll on my body physically. Yeah. And so I imagine so. And you're not you're not supposed to exercise. You can't like you can't write. You can't read. Um, like the only exercise you can do is just walk around. So like they had these little trails and so I'd just walk the trails like when I could. Um, but it was really intense, but really amazing. And I feel like I'm still reaping the benefits of that. And still yeah. Like what, what did you learn about yourself during that, those 10 days? Oh man. Um, I learned that I'm very, ob- I'm, I'm a very observational person. Like I'm, I'm, I'm hyper hyper aware of like my surroundings and not only like just physical surroundings, but like other people, like I, I feel like just kind of in, in tune with like, with that stuff. And, um, I just learned that, I don't know, like I'm, I'm kind of an amazing person, you know, like I don't want to like brag, but like, I think we're all amazing people and, but it's very important for, for for you listening or whoever just to to know that like you're amazing and you're you sh- you should love yourself you know um i think that's something i've struggled with and so um spending time alone with yourself for 10 days without any distraction like you're you're going to discover yourself in in ways that maybe you haven't um since you were a child you know and i think um Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But li- like you said, it's probably not for everyone. For sure. Um maybe if you're interested in trying it, start with just a daily your own daily he- meditation practice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> before jumping Absolutely. into a 10 day yeah. <laughs> silent retreat. 5 minutes could do wonders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh I want to uh, jump back into design uh for a bit. Um So, I wa- yeah, I want to really get into the nitty-gritty like what's what are the ingredients of a strong brand? Um, I think a strong brand is something that is um, uniquely um, authentic. Um, I think that means the job of a designer who's who's work, you know, building sort of a visual brand or or whatever um, needs to to do the research and really know like who these individuals or organizations truly are, you know, and, and distilling that down to like the essence. And, um, I think good brands, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like just authentic is, is like the thing that I keep coming back to. Yeah. Yeah. One thing you talk about uh, on your, uh, I think it's on your site. I was, when I was doing some research, um, you mentioned identity. Um, what what does that what does that look like? A brand's identity. Yeah, I mean, I think identity these days are can be a lot of different things. Yeah, I it's think more than just a, like a logo. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I should also preference that, like, I mean, going back to the brand thing. I mean, I think a brand is also something that, like, you you can't really engineer. A brand is something that the public tells you about what you are, right? Um, so I think that's 
we try to control that. Um, but ultimately like there's a lot of things that end up becoming the brand that it's out of your control. There's a human component. To there's it. a lot of human inside know, and out. It's, you know, a lot of it comes down to the leadership, you know, like how the decisions that they are making, um, and how like that's going to ultimately affect everything that the public thinks about that organization or that individual, whatever it may be. Um, so an identity, I think, just needs to do the job of, you know, um, in, in my opinion, I think it should just, you know, be, be that thing that they want to be putting out in the world, you know, and, like, it doesn't have to be, like, it doesn't have to be um, complex. Um, it can be, you know, I think part of the identity is, like, how you talk, you know, like, it, it's how you look, you know, it's, it's the, the choices you're not making. Interesting. You know, I think it, it's all those things. You know, I think that, you know, it, it's, I think the the identity work I'm doing now becomes websites. A lot of it, you know, like I, I work with a lot of wineries and, um, you know, one could argue that like their identity or their, is their, the product they're making. That That's like their, their wine label um, or their, you know, just their, yeah. Um, but a lot of it's just like their their story, and that usually comes across through a website. So um, I'm becoming a lot more interested in like kind of exploring what that is. And that's through um, off Offset. Yes, that's yeah. that's the company. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, on that, y y so you mentioned also doing freelance stuff, and you've got a lot of great clients in your belt. Uh, I'm just curious what your uh, your strategy is for finding clients gaining clients mm -hmm. um is it word of mouth it's a lot of it's very word of mouth yeah i don't i don't really do any kind of self-promotion stuff um a lot of just personal relationships um friends who need work or um, um yeah it's all just word of mouth cool so. let the design speak for itself yeah um one one fun thing if you're if you're down that we could do is maybe do a branding like scenario like sure. i'm just gonna throw out a random uh company and just i'd love to to dive into your process like okay. where do you start so say we're say this is a company that's a surfboard shop just it's just an idea they have um they they have the skills to build surfboards um, really high quality ones, but they, they don't have a name yet. They don't have a logo, website, anything. So w what would you do? Why do you build surfboards? I just, I would ask them that, you know, um, I think it's important to always talk to the, the leader, yep. right? Whoever's making like the final decisions. So say the person's like, um, you know, my grandfather surfed, my father surfed, I've surfed for 20 years uh, of my life, I love surfing. Yeah. And I, I wanted to learn how to, to build boards and uh, make that into my career. That's that's why. I, I would really get into, like, the history of that, you know. I think that's such a unique story. Um, so, like, diving into the grandfather, diving yeah, into like the family. Yeah, like, tell me more about your grandfather. Like, where right. he grew up, you know. Like, how did he discover surfing, you know. Um, and then what does that mean for you now? Like, you know, this is, is it, is it a, <coughs> I mean, it sounds like it, it's just kind of a part of your identity at this point. Um, so I think a lot of, you know, I think it's a lot, for me, it's like a lot easier to 
to do identity work and brand work for 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 small business owners because like it really there's a blurry line between the individual that's started that kind of company and like the thing that they're selling like whatever their company is completely yeah so um it becomes a lot of just like really getting to know that person you know and um i think focusing on the relationships that are meaningful to them um i think it's important to have a good relationship between like the designer and the client in that case um uh practically yeah how are you taking these these questions so you're starting with questions right you're getting to know this person or this these these people who are starting this brand practically how do you take those those little nuggets of insight and and turn it into something like what what softwares are you what what software using like what approach do you do you have you start with paper or and then move to computer or just curious about your process yeah it's a good question um i think it so i i feel like i don't have a very sexy process um (laughs) (laughs) i I really, I try to soak up as much as I can and learn as much as I can about whatever it is that the the business or organization or individual is doing um, and why they're doing it. You know, just always asking why. Um, and then I think it's important not to, to, just to sit with that for a while and kind of internalize that and like marinate on that for a while and um, and not jump straight to solutions. Um, I think it's important to talk about it. Um, it's another reason I, I love what I'm doing right now because I, I have like a peer that I can kind of just talk about things with and, and Bounce I, ideas I, off of, and that's a yeah. huge part of my process. And, and I think it always has been, it's just like, just whether it was at widgets or whether it was at IDEO or whatever I was doing, like, I mean, we just had to kind of like talk things through, um, you know, if it was an idea, we'd go off on, like, some research quest, you know, and, like, visit people in their houses or, you know, and just, like, kind of be anthropologist and, like, really kind of figure out, like, what's making people make these decisions or not making decisions and and come back and just, like, you know, talk about, like, how interesting that was. And um, and so I think for me, but personally, like, you know, it, it's having some – building in some time to that process to, like, just not – touch anything like just 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 let it sit for a minute um or a day or two or a week um and then for me like i mean writing is a big part of my process so like um i think trying to just 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 start writing like whether it's like in a document or like just writing little notes down um that helps me sort of like make these sort of um, logistical sort of like connections in my head, you know, about like how interesting this thing is, you know, like look at that insight that I over there and like that's very unique to this, you know, surf shop, you know, his grandfather started surfing like back in the 30s or whatever it was, you know, and like not many right. people were doing that, like that's really cool. Um, and um, and then I, you know you've kind of got to do your due diligence work and look what else is out there, you know, just, just using the surf shop example, like what, what other surf, sh- surf shops are out there that like, what do they look like? How are they talking about what the stuff they do? And, um, 
I, you know, I, for, for good or bad, I think I, I like to, it's a, it's a rule of thumb sort of, of, of mine to like kind of do not just be aware of like what sort of the status quo is, is doing and saying and not doing that. Um, yeah, I think that works for not just design, but for every everything. Yeah, you know. I mean, say if you're like you're you're designing a real estate company, um, like like the standard is like, you know, photos for every agent, right? Like headshots for every agent, and you know that's a huge part of real estate. It's like I don't know why that is, but it it, <laughs> it is. It's, it's just so funny. But like, what if like it was an illustration of that person? You know, like yeah. like does it have? Do you even have to have that? thing there so like just starting to question all those like those decisions that the people are making but yeah like the the normal practical everyone is doing these things decisions like yeah okay what can we do different exactly i think um the combination of like really internalizing sort of like like if, y if you've asked the right questions and like kind of got to like the essence of like what makes them tick and why they're doing the thing they're doing um, what their business goals are. I mean, that's a huge important thing. Like, let's not forget that, like, we're not just making things look good. Like, these are solutions to business problems as well. And so, like, that shouldn't, I think as a designer, like, we have a responsibility to to think like business people as well. Uh, I know that doesn't get taught in schools, but it should be, you know. Um, and uh, I think throw that all in a pot and let it stir. Um, <laughs> I was actually going to bring that, that <laughs> analogy up. It sounds like uh, like you're creating a stew or a, kind of, a yeah. good chili, you know? It takes it takes some time yeah. to, to stew. I mean, I usually, like, I, I kind of call myself, like, just, like, an, an intuitive designer. Um, and uh, uh, do you know the book designer Chip Kid? Uh, no, no, actually. He's, um, yeah, he's a, he's a, he designs books um, for, for Knopf. Chip kid, chip kid, like potato chip, <laughs> kid with two two D's. Um, he he came to Chattanooga once and gave a talk um, about his process and like he kind of took a Q and A afterwards and like you know he he was just like talking about like very similar kind of like thing. He was like you know he was like I always read the book, um, and he tries to internalize it and then like he just kind of intuitively starts knowing what to do right it's like intuitively i knew that i should you know this this should have a bird on it or whatever <laughs> <laughs> um but and i was like oh that's really interesting and like i think i asked him the question i was like how long did it take you to like trust your intuition as a designer and um you know i think it's one of these things that like i because I, I was like, it was the first time that I, I heard another designer talk about intuition because like we always want to like talk about process and like, like if we follow all these steps, then we have an amazing design and that's not always the case. You know, I think, um, uh, you know, this idea of like the creative unconscious or whatever it is, like, I mean, when I was in studying art and at UTC, like I got really into like conceptual, like conceptual art, you know, like the, the artist as like uh, a conduit that it's their job just to be like an antenna um, and, you know, to, to be like this kind of vessel that they can channel something on, in, you know, to manifest. And I really love that idea. And I, I, I think that's true with, I feel like 
hopefully all the all the stuff that I'm creating in the world, you know, whether it's a song that I'm writing or designs that I'm doing, it's like th those ideas are out there. And like, um, if I do my job and like kind of ask the right questions, you know, do my do my competitive research and 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 understand the business goals, and then like the magic happens when like that those pieces connect, and I'm like, it should be red. Like it just, it has, you know, <laughs> and like and maybe that's not, you know, if if you gave that to another designer, like maybe they'd be like, it's got to be green. Yeah. But they're not right or wrong answers. That's just the way that I interpreted it, you know. And then, all, and again, it comes back to the client, like it has to work for them too, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, yeah. Even if you are an antenna, you have to be an antenna to what they want or what they think they want. You got to be a psychologist in a lot of ways. That's, that's good. I like that. And you know, when I was at widgets, we only, when we had clients, like, and we would do like a big identity project for them. We only presented one direction. Like they would only see one logo and like that kind of, you know, blown out, you know, and, you know, made real in different applications. And, and usually it worked, but there was like the few times where like the clients, like, I don't, I hate yellow and like the logo's yellow or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> and, and, and we're just like, wait a minute, though. It's like, we always have to remind them, like, I'm giving away trade secrets, I'm sorry, but I'm like, look, but like, Give them to me. yeah, I mean, but look, I was like, you don't have to look, like, this is not about you. This is not about your likes and dislikes. This is like a solution to a business problem. And like, you know, you may love green, but all your competitors are green, you know, or uh, this is like just very dumbed down, but um, I think you, you, there's always going to be like very subjective kind of likes and dislikes in this business. Yeah. And, and that's something that like, you've got to become a good salesman. You've got to like, just, um, you've got to believe in what you're, you're doing is like the right answer. Um, the right solution or, or whatever it is and, and realize that like it may not be. Um, but I think y you gotta, you gotta be open to if you get feedback that like, I just hate that color or like, you know, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> be open to that. Be like, okay, well like that's good to know. <laughs> like, um, sure. Uh, uh, I want to hit some, uh, some big, big topics and then get into some quick questions before we uh, wrap things up okay. uh, if you're down um, so <coughs> what what are your thoughts on health how do you approach health health is very important you should always brush your teeth and floss <laughs> um, I think everyone's health needs are going to be different um, and I think it's just important like to become wise on like what you personally need. Um, I think it's a constant struggle for me because, you know, I, I think anyone that has a desk job, you know, you're, you have a, a sedimentary lifestyle in, in a lot of ways, you know, like, and right. I, since I work from home, like I'm not like walking to my car or like walking to the bus or getting on a bike and riding to work every day. It's, it's, um, I have to like, work a little harder to kind of get off my ass and go to the gym or whatever. But, um, 
for me, like, I mean, like personally, like I hate running. I, I was always, <laughs> I was a soccer player growing up and, you know, I ran a lot, but it was always like with a goal in mind, you know, like literally a goal, like, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not thinking about running. I'm thinking about scoring goals. Right. Um, and it was just fun. Like, I didn't think of like, I'm not thinking about running. I'm thinking about just like having fun playing this game. And so I have a hard time running. Um, but I discovered that I love riding bikes. And so I started riding a bike recently since I got back to, to Tennessee. And, um, that that's just, you know when I'm on the bike I don't think about like oh I'm exercising I'm just yeah, it's like, just a great way to it's move it's just fun yeah you know um, David Byrne has a good book about about that actually the Bicycle Diaries I uh, haven't heard it I'm gonna add that to my list Bicycle yeah. Diaries Bicycle Diaries cool uh, um, he's a big bike lover and uh, there's a, there's a quote in there that I don't quite remember but he's like you know I I, I don't I don't do it for health you know I just do it because it's fun kind of thing and at the time I read that, I was like, oh, man, that's so profound. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but... Um, but but in, like, <sighs> in so doing that, that it, 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 it benefits itself. For sure. Right? For sure, yeah. Yeah. But then there's just like physical health, emotional health, spiritual health. I mean, the holistic health, I think, is important. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... It, and it's good to be balanced on all that stuff. And um, it's okay to be lazy sometimes. It's okay not to be lazy um it's good not to be lazy um you know eating the right things you know like drinking the right things um yeah one thing i'm trying to do recently uh going on the the lazy not lazy thing is practicing doing nothing yeah i find myself doing always going 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 uh, jumping from one thing to the next to the next and like i really need to sit down and just practice just nothing i'm not talking about like sleeping or or whatever right. but like yeah. just nothing that's so cool. I, 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 I'm glad you, you said that. And I th- I'm, I'm glad you're doing that. I, I think, so, um, I'm about to be a father. Congrats. Thank you. Um, <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so I've been thinking a lot about just how I'm going to raise my son. Yeah. Um, I'm, And then, I'm sure everyone does this, but, like, comparing, like, how they grew up and, like, how things are different now. Um, and things are very different. I mean, I grew up, in a world without iPhones and right or cell phones at all. Right. I mean, I, I, didn't ha- I got my first cell phone when I was 16, right. It was like a flip phone. Um, I'm afraid that like kids are not going to be bored anymore. Cause I was bored a lot when I was a kid. Like me and my friends and I would just would be bored out of our minds. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm like, Same. we had to like invent shit to do. Yeah. W- whatever that was. Like, I mean, like we invent a game or, you know, make our own like TV show or whatever it was like, you know, just, or just go ride our bikes and discover the world. Um, Whereas now it's just input, input, input all the time. Know? Yeah. And, um, or this like, you know, the, the kind of like super child of like, you know, okay, piano lessons at, at <laughs> one after that you get gymnastics, you know, and then like, yeah. you've got to do your homework and it's just like this constant need to like be doing stuff. Right. And, is that good? Is that good for us? Like, and that's why meditation, that thing is important. Like, especially in the world we live in now is like just being okay with like not doing anything. Yeah. There's a, uh, I, I'm not married. Don't have, don't have kids. Um, but there's a, a parent question that I heard a lot recently. And that's, um, when are you going to introduce technology to your, your kid? That's a biggie. It's a big debate. Apparently yeah, it is a big debate. Yeah. 
I don't have that answer yet. Yeah. That's yeah. a tough, tough, <laughs> tough question. I can tell you that I, I don't want to like subject them to like social media, like when they're babies. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to resist that as much as I can. I just don't think it's fair. Right. Like they don't have a choice in the matter. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I, I want to talk about family a little yep. bit, family relationships. Um, what makes a good, um, what makes a good relationship? Um, si- f- with your significant other. Yeah. Um, it took a long time for me to find a good, really good relationship. What's your wife's name, by the way? Her name is Michelle. Michelle. Um, she's amazing. And uh, I think the one, the one big thing that, that, that I've noticed w- with being with her is that it's just been kind of easy. Um, like, we haven't had any major problems, like, knock on wood, you know, but... I think with all my past, I'm kind of like a serial monogamous. Like I love, like I didn't date a lot, like just because like I couldn't figure that out. Like (laughs) like dating multiple (laughs) people at once just like confused me. Like I don't know, just like this emotional mess. So um, I've always kind of been in long-term relationships and like very serious relationships. Um, And there was always just like either just like a struggle, like like this underlying kind of like struggle. And I'm like, why is this so hard? I just had this feeling of why it shouldn't be this hard, you know? And then I met Michelle and it was like, I mean, we were friends for a couple of months before we kind of revealed our feelings to each other or even realized that we had feelings for each other. So I think that kind of helped. Like we, we just, we had very good conversations and we'd go out dancing. And I think that's important just to kind of like be into the same things that, you know, because it, uh, the older like the the, the more you're with someone like you're gonna change like people change and you know I've certainly changed a lot since I we first started um, our relationship together and she's changed but I think we've we've been but you've, ch- you've changed we've together, changed together right yeah, yeah. Um, and you're not always gonna change together and I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing I think it's good to have your own sort of interest mm-hmm. um, and your your kind of friends that are separate from like your couple's friends. And um, I think early on we were just like, you know, there's this idea of like, I don't need you, but I want you. Right. So it, I like if we're not together, I'm going to be fine. You know, like if, if something horrible happens and we end up getting divorced, like, uh, you know, it sucks, but I'll, I'll go on. Life goes on. I'll be fine. Um, like, I don't want to put too much, like, pressure. Pressure. I'm not even pressure, but just like, um, I don't want that relationship to be my identity. Just like I don't want design to be my identity either. You know, like I'm just, I'm a human. I'm, I'm just me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the fact that like you're into me and I'm into you too, and like, hey, we can like hang out together. That's so cool. You know, and yeah. You like old time music? Awesome. I think yeah, you get to travel, you get thing. to explore get to tra- yeah. with each other, you get to learn new things together, you know? Yeah. Definitely. What 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 do you think a good uh a good friend looks like? What's a great friendship? Hmm. I think for me, friends have been very important in my life. Um I think gr- growing up like an only child, I think not having the siblings to, you know kind of buddy up with or mm-hmm. I mean I'm sure 
that's not always the case. But like when I was a kid, I was like, I just want a buddy. I want a sister or a, a brother. And then like I talked to people that had siblings and just like, no, we don't, we hate each other. <laughs> yeah, that's typically how it is. Uh, I have, I have two sister, two younger sisters, um, but we're, we're in that, that buddy relationship. I can hang that's out with great. them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're fantastic. Yeah. But typically you see like, ah, they're like friction, you know, yes. especially yeah. growing up. Yeah. Um, which, which always just like bummed me out. You know, as a person that didn't have the choice in that to have like a sibling, like I'm just like, look, man, like you have this special thing and like just <laughs> like each other, you know, um, it's such a gift, you know, like it or not, um, they're your family. But um, so anyways, f- like I just, you know, I found my brothers and sisters and my friendships and um, I've always had like um, not a lot of friends, a lot of acquaintances, but just one or two, like, like good buds, like good bros, you know, um, and those have changed throughout my life, whatever situation, you know, like, I think it's, um, I think I had a hard time, like, kind of learning that, like, um, you know, am I just a bad friend, like, but no, like, you, you kind of, friends come and go uh, out of your life, and that's okay, and I think, like, I just hung out with a friend last night that I hadn't talked to in, like, probably six years and he was in town him and his wife and we went and got dinner and like came back and drank whiskey and just I mean it just felt like we just picked right back up to where we were I love those kind of friends yeah and I think and those are the kind of friends I I seek out you Mm -hmm. know my my wife she's we have very like she she has um like her strategy of making friends like you know because we we just moved to this new city and like so we had to like kind of kind of make friends again yeah um her strategy is very different than mine. She she has like she's like the the, the fisherman. She like has like she throws her net out there, <laughs> and uh, um, she just cast a wide net, and and like kind of slowly starts editing people along the way. And <laughs> I mean, it kind of sounds bad to say that, but that's just true. I mean, I'm sure we all do it. But I'm much more selective. Um, you know, it, it takes me a while to like um, really want to be friends with someone do or you just like go person? out and seek people i don't okay like i kind of let them come to me <laughs> 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 no, i mean it, it's it's i mean i don't know like i i'm very i don't know if it's lazy but i'm just like i i, I usually seek just like the kind of the for me i just see it as like like if, if you're a spring on top of a mountain like that spring is going to find like the most efficient way down the mountain and that's kind of the way I see my life. You know, like there's no reason to force it over here when like I, I like to find the natural flow of things and just let that go. Mm. And so it's not necessarily come to me, but like, you know, we happen to like have mutual friends or, or whatever it is. And like we were at a show together and just like happen to like hit it off. Like, and it's like, oh, that's really cool. Like that, that's sort of like this frictionless way that yeah. I kind of like live so yeah that's really natural um I, I i ask as i've been struggling with this recently i'm in that stage where everyone's kind of pairing off getting married you know yeah ex- like building a life right and yeah. they have their own little circles and i'm just trying to navigate that where um to spend more time with new people and such yeah you know i think it's a good thing to do i mean i I don't i don't necessarily think what i my strategy making friends is is (laughs) this healthy thing i get that but um 
but at the same time, I'm trying to balance like the things that I love to do that usually require um, space, you know, yeah. like for me, design and writing and um, uh, music and some of some of the things that I do, it just requires a lot, a lot of uh, solitude. Absolutely, yeah. man. I'm the same way. Yeah. Um, uh, here's here's a big one. Uh, thoughts on religion. Mm-hmm. Um, hate it. Hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't hate it. I think. Um, let's see. I, I think religion. Look, I. I feel like. I've went like so. I didn't really grow up um, religious. I grew up going to church, and you know, my okay. my, my my you know, I grew up in a kind of. Um, my my parents are both Christians, um, but you know, my dad's thing was always like, I don't have to just because I don't go to church doesn't mean like I'm not a Christian or a, a worse or better Christian than someone who does go to church every Sunday and Wednesday and <laughs> you know. I I'm on that I'm on that boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm. I've been very very deep in religion in my life um and it's been a it's been a choice that i've made it's not something that like i was kind of forced to do as a kid because i would i was definitely not like my parents just didn't go to church um mainly because they worked six days a week and sunday was their only day off and yeah they just would rather have a day to sleep in and chill out and do (laughs) yard work or whatever it is they need to do so I went to church because like that's what my friends were doing and you know um I got really interested in this thing called you know spirituality and like salvation and like all that stuff and like um I think I really explored that really heavily I dated a a girl for a while um who was um very religious her dad was a pastor okay and and so I just like other th- pursuits in my life, I was like, okay, let's f- let's really like understand, like let's figure this out. Like I think I I I kind of would go to church with here with her, and it was a very different experience than like how I the church that I grew up, which was more like fire and brimstone. You're all going to hell, and <laughs> you can't drink, you can't dance, you can't wear makeup, and I'm just like, that's a lot of rules, man. Yeah, town of Footloose, basically. Yeah, 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 and then like. You know, her church is like, you know, there was like no politics talked about, like didn't matter what side of the party you were on, like they prayed for everyone, like and it was a lot more just like loving and they could drink and like it was just like cool, you know, but then like I feel like they really studied, you know, they they knew how to speak like the pastors, they they knew how to speak Hebrew and like um Greek and like they really translated you know, they, they, they understood, like, the translations, I was, like, so I was, like, let's really figure this out, like, let's, you know, so I, I, once a week, I was doing, like, a private Bible study with, like, the pastor, and um, just really got into it, and really loved it, and, but, man, personally, like, I, I just felt like it was too restrictive for me. Um, How so? Um, same reason I don't diet, I don't know, like, I just, I, I just don't, um, It doesn't, I think, I've found, I feel like religion or church or whatever is great for creating those communities 
um, having people in our lives. And I, I think like, I'm not here to like judge it at all. Like, I think it's, if it fits for you, man, like awesome. That's great. I'm happy for you, you know, and it just didn't quite fit for me. Um, yeah. Religion might be the, the wrong word, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I, I, I'm agree with everything you said. Like it's, um, yeah. sometimes it can be very, uh, clickish, you know? Yeah. Like if you don't follow our politics, if you don't follow n- no, no drinking or whatever, you're not in the club basically. Yeah. Which, which is not the right approach. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm much more like my wife is Jewish. Um, and I think having being married to a, to a very Jewish person is also interesting. Um, cause it's like I, uh, growing up, I, d- I didn't know any Jewish people. Um, I didn't know anyone else that was like, I didn't even know any atheist. Right. It was just like, actually I knew one atheist. He was really cool. But, um, I think it just, it challenged, like, I'm like, look, I mean, when it comes to, like, religions, I just think that there, there's so many different paths, and, like, it's so much dependent on, like, w- like the roll of the dice that you got. Like, the fact that I was born, the time where I was born in, and this color skin, um, and, like, the American South, it's like, I, I, I grew up, like, believing Christian values, yeah. like, that's the thing. But if, like, I grew up in, like, India, I'd probably be Hindu or whatever, you know, like, it's, yeah, I don't it's know. It's interesting how that plays out. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, it's a, hu- it's a huge factor, and I think, um, personally, I just, I can't, um, I feel like it just, I don't want to, I just don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's, like, I definitely believe, like, in a higher power and stuff like that, but I, I don't want to, like, put a label on it. Right. Like I like kind of what the Buddhist said was like, it's important to kind of go within yourself and find your own salvation and don't listen to anyone else's. Like if they think that they found salvation, then just be, be skeptical about that. Right. Like I think the Buddha can be anyone. Right. Um, I just think there was some, like I I really gravitated more towards like the Eastern sort of religions than anything else. If I were going to like, become something would be buddhist probably (laughs) (laughs) i I like their a lot of their philosophy it's very practical buddhism and taoism very practical stuff yeah um to wrap wrap things up getting to some quick questions um what songs do you sing when you're alone Hmm. in the shower in the car you know what are you singing um i'm usually like whistling like an old-time fiddle tune or something like that or um my wife and I love to sing together. We, we, you know, so we work on harmonies and things like that. Um, a lot of, you know, like bluegrass songs or like old ballads um, or Bob Dylan or Tom Petty. I don't know. I grew up on a lot of, of that <laughs> stuff, you know, <laughs> just like good old rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what bands are you digging recently? Um, the newest band, like the kind of like band that I just really got into recently, um, that's not old time or bluegrass at all, but um, Bonnie Dune. Bonnie Dune. Yeah, B O N N Y. D O N N. They, I think they're out of. <laughs> I think they're Michigan or Detroit, but they sound like they're like totally California band. Um, just kind of a little 
indie twangy country rock. Um, All right. Like a little, right. like, it's like Stoner Wilco or something. I don't know. <laughs> cool. I'll check her Just out. Chill vibes. Yeah, I like it. Uh, if you if you were to uh, if you were to master three skills instantly, what would you choose? Ooh, um, woodworking, um, cooking, and ooh, ooh, I'd say like identifying plants. Really? Yeah. Uh, why cooking? Why identifying plants? I get the woodworking. Yeah. Piece. Um. Yeah, we covered that one. <laughs> I love to cook. Uh, I just think it's really cool. I think feeding people is like one of the most amazing things ever. Um, and I think j- like just the act of like just looking in like your pantry or your fridge and like whipping up an amazing meal is like a, a good skill to have. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and the plants, I just think like, I don't know, I, I love nature. I love just being outdoors and um I, 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 you know, I think it'd just be amazing to just be like, oh, that's that tree, or like this is this plant, it can do this, you know, like and and knew all like all the the natural remedies, and I just think it'd be super cool to know. Yeah, that's cool. Um, if somebody gave you ten million dollars, what would you do with it? Would you still be doing the same things you're doing? Um, that's a great question. I think. I'd probably, I'd probably stop working doing design stuff for a while and travel. Yeah. Um, I'd probably invest in a piece of property and invest in something that I could kind of use that property to, to attract and build some sort of community. Very cool. Yeah. That's a good answer. Um, what's something important that, or that you found important that you've bought in the last month or two? Could be small, could be big. Mm-hmm. Baby books, <laughs> for example. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think. Um, I bought a new mattress. Oh, cool. Yeah. Did you go for one of the fancy online mattresses where you? I, I did, yeah. 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 I bought a, I bought a Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I've, uh, I've seen them. I was check. I, I did too. I got one, uh, late last year i got i got a casper um, nice do you like it yeah yeah lisa's look cool we they had it at west elm so i i could lay on it and nice that helped me <laughs> yeah uh so mattress uh, that's that's a good one yeah. um any uh any quotes or phrases that follow you mind over matter mind over matter yeah my dad was always telling me that mind over matter yeah uh, in one word, how would your best friend describe you? Talented. Why talented? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say that myself, mm-hmm. but I I think I've been told that before. It's like, oh, you're talented. Because, like, I, I don't know, photography and music and yeah. design and um, singing, whatever. I don't know. I just, they'd probably just say that. Yeah. I get uh, disciplined a lot. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of kind of relates to that, you know, doing all these uh, d- these disciplines, you know, like uh, I mean, having all these pursuits is kind of like, oh, you must be really disciplined to be able to do that. Do you think you are? Um. Yeah, I mean, I would say so. Yeah, I don't know if that's just um, instinct or just building up practices, but I don't I don't know. Um. 
What are some? Do you like to read? I love to read. Uh, what are some books that that have impacted you? Could be fiction. Could be nonfiction. I just finished yesterday a huge, like the biggest book I've ever read. <laughs> um, what was it? It was uh, it was One Q eighty four by yeah Haruki Murakami. How was that? I, I have it on my to read list. You know, I'll tell. I'll put it this way: like I I was really intimidated. My wife read it and she was like, it's, "It was good," you know, and I had no intention of reading this book. And I picked it up one day because I was looking at the book design, also by Chip Kid. But um, gotcha. And cool. uh, it's a great design. Yeah. And I started reading the first page and I was like, I couldn't put it down. Like it just hooked me. And then like, I don't know, 900 pages later, I finished it. I don't know. It was just like this beautiful, I always just like love Japanese sort of thinking and way of life. Um, my parents were really into karate when I was a kid. Oh, really? Like went to Tokyo and like, that's, that's cool. It was a very disciplined form of um, karate. And uh, I was like in it a little bit when I was a kid, and you could, you know, it just taught me discipline and respect. And that's one of those things that I never did when I was younger, but I, I kind of wish that I did. I I, I want to try it, um, karate, and I want to try uh, tai chi. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, any other books that you can think of? Um. Any design books? Yeah. Um. I. see the um alan watts um who was like sort of a he was like an episcopalian i think preacher for a while then like he turned to like um sort of like more eastern religions um and he was like i feel like he was like you know for like the 60s and that generation like the kind of bridge to like that world to like the the western sort of like theological world to like the eastern sort of idea and so yeah fascinating figure really really fascinating mm-hmm. um but he i read his book um maybe a year ago called um oh man what is it called um he has a few books uh yeah something about oh man uh something in the, the consciousness and um there's one called like the age of. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm blanking too. Uh, I think that might be it. Uh, Something in the age of. Yeah, Google that. Google it. Uh, so there's wisdom of insecurity. I've read that one. Uh, the way of Zen. I think yeah, wisdom in the age of insecurity is that it? A message for an age of anxiety. Okay, I think it was the first one. Yeah. Let me see it. And then, uh, yes, yeah, the wisdom yeah, of insecurity kind of talks about different religions and like ways of thinking, yeah, and this idea of of being in the now mm-hmm. um and like he he put it in this way that like for the f- it was like I really understood it kind of for the first time intellectually, um I was like or like this kind of like being one with everything kind of idea, um like we're all things, you know, and and presence is everything. You yeah, know? the connectedness of everything, and and like it was like this such a simple idea, but like it was so profound in the moment of, of like the fact that you can see something or interact with something, and because you observe that thing, that thing gets inside you. It becomes a part of you. Therefore, there is no distinction there. 
and then you know he was also this was like before the age of like quantum mechanics and physics and stuff like that so like i think with all that that we've learned now it's like we literally are kind of like all connected in this really quantum way stuff is crazy yeah i get yeah. really into that stuff. i haven't read any like i haven't dove, dove deep and read any books but that's on my list to do as well yeah it's interesting stuff um so alan watts that's good um have you have you checked out his podcast? I don't know who's doing it, but somebody's no. uh, compiled all of his speeches and talks, be that on TV or something, into a podcast. Yeah, it's really cool. That's I'd cool. definitely check it out. Yeah, um, definitely will. He has this. He has a way of writing, but he also has a way of speaking that's hmm. just very intuitive, and it's really easy to just like get. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so like final final two things. Um, if you could give me or and or my audience a challenge to take away from this this podcast, what what would you give us? Ooh, that's a good so question. So in each it could be anything you want. It's the challenge. You're getting me with these questions. <laughs> <laughs> take your time. <laughs> okay, so if you have an idea like whether it's creative idea um, or whatever, I'd say challenge yourself in that moment when you get that idea to fully manifest that thing, to fully realize what that idea could be. Um, Whether it's like an idea for a song or an idea for um, a drawing or just like, hey, I I need to get away for the weekend, man. Just make it happen. So I think learning how to really like trust and listen to like that little inner voice, whatever that inner voice is. Um, because I think we're constantly being given these like little gifts. Um, and I think it's just our job to, it's our duty to kind of take those things and do the best thing we can with it. I love it. That's great. Yeah. And then one thing, one more final thing is, um, same kind of idea giving me or the audience and or the audience something a question to ask ourselves mm-hmm. um, something reflect yeah. reflective so a question of reflectance hmm. or any type of question you can think of <laughs> okay. give, give me a moment here um good question uh maybe going back to that uh you had what great one earlier maybe going back to it um it's the what would my life look like if if i went down this road it kind of relates to your your challenge too yeah it does yeah i mean i was kind of thinking around the same same lines of of like um yeah if if you had to visualize your ideal life your ideal person whom does that person look like? Mm, that's what, good. What, what do they wear? What kind of hair style do they have? Um, like, what is the best version of yourself? And, and, and what, what does that person look like? I love that, like, getting down to the nitty-gritty of even, like, what hair color and, you know. Yeah. What, what, what does your facial hair look like? Yeah. Because <laughs> there's no wrong or right reasons. You know, I mm-hmm. think 
where we've been sort of I don't, I don't want to I know we're trying to like wrap up but I feel like no. I feel like um, in order to have like any kind of like order in a society like we've been kind of treated like cattle um, in a lot of ways to like go down a certain path and like if we veer off that path then we're like labeled as like a weirdo or whatever and I think um, maybe I lived in San Francisco for too long but <laughs> I, I think you know what like there is no right or wrong answers and like this this idea that you got to be this or that um it's it's nonsense and it's everything another good book sapiens um i've i picked it up it's i haven't read it yet um i hear it's fantastic i've only read halfway of it okay but it's um, also i kind of got the gist beast of a book yeah yeah i kind of got the gist but you know it's like like literally everything is just made up and like there's a great uh, quote by Steve Jobs like that. Everything that exists around you was made by other people. Yes. And once you realize that, then you can change it. I mean, yeah, he was like the ultimate kind of person that visualized something and manifested it and made it real. Yeah. Right? Um, maybe not the ultimate, but <laughs> like, I mean, like a very He's good archetype there. of that, yeah. right? So, um, I don't know. I just... It's true, though. It's I have I, to remind myself. I'm terrible at it. Like I, you know, as much as like I'm sitting here talking in this microphone about like this perfect version of yourself. Like I mean, I've created my own little ways, but I haven't fully become yet. I you see know, it as a, a. I see it as a lifelong pursuit. It is. You know? It totally is. Yeah. It's something to work towards. It doesn't mean you have to be that person. Yeah. Or to always be perfect, and that's that's not the goal. It's just to pursue something that's greater than yourself. Definitely. I mean, like I, I'm. <laughs> I think it's easy to kind of like compare and despair. It's like, you sure. Know, I've heard it. That's been a said, good phrase. You know, and yeah. like you see your friend over here, like whether it's like they're, they're really like pursuing these sort of personal growth, you know, like their own kind of healing path, whatever that looks like, you know, and you know, I have a friend who just went to Peru and did ayahuasca and like, you know, went on this like major sort of self journey and, she's you know i hung out with her recently and she's just like such a bundle of joy right now like just her light is shining so bright and you know but that's not for everyone like you don't have to like completely do that you know like but what does that mean for you like and it could be like the smallest little thing so i I love it and it's, it's hard to um you were talking about like almost like it's like a factory you know like you have to be this way you have to be this way um, I imagine uh, like being uh, the other person who's making these deci- decisions, maybe it wasn't now, but like in the past, you have so, uh, taking back to school, you have so many kids coming in that you just want to push them along, right? To make sure that they're, it's it's good enough, right? Mm-hmm. We're pushing them along, but it it's not it's not working like, like that anymore, especially in the day of, of technology replacing so many things that, we used to do by hand yeah definitely and like we can't even pay our teachers enough so yeah that's, that's another <laughs> part of it so yeah it's funny the things we value in this culture and i think um education at least when we look at the money like we don't value that but um but also i think we put too much v- value on education only happens in the classroom and like i mean i think this is a big theme I think of this podcast is like just self-educating, you know, and, and like learning never stops. Yeah. And when you go home at night, like, you know, from school or whatever it is, like 
just constantly learning and like that's how you that's how you that's how you stay young man that's how you stay like just i don't know yeah it's uh it's it's uh crazy to me that uh the things that actually create success and happiness are the things that we our society doesn't really focus on education health you know yeah like, yeah and education is not taking a test that to, to me like that doesn't say anything no it's like you're good at like memorizing stuff but that's about it mm-hmm. you know <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole to do around too. <laughs> we don't have joseph thank you so much for yeah man this is being great. a part thanks of this thanks for coming on yeah for sure Secret table beat of the week. Yes, that was great. (laughs) Such a good beat.